nine minutes after eight o'clock. And Rabbi Shimshon Jacob is with us here live in our studio. He is visiting from Jerusalem, Israel. In fact, the last time I saw him, I believe, was in Jerusalem, Israel. Rabbi Shimshon Jacob, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. I'm saying welcome back. I just I think it's the first time you're here, no? No, I was actually here. Uh, thank God, with a bunch of my Kushner students uh, a couple of years back during the uh, the marathon. During the fundraiser. Yeah, thank God. How long ago did you move to Israel? Uh, we made Aliyah June 18th this past summer. Wow, so it's been about six months. And how has it been so far? Um, it's definitely been an adjustment, but uh, but my kids are in total Hebrew-speaking schools. Uh, I thought I had a, a solid three months till they came home and told me I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, apparently that time limit is actually two weeks. Um, and after that, they're embarrassed that you try to speak Hebrew. So thank God my, my middle daughter, Tiferet, actually not only rolls her ratios, she rolls them in the middle of words that don't even have ratios. So, Baruch Hashem. So it's better for them if you just speak English. Absolutely. Don't make any attempts at I, speaking Hebrew. Not in front of them, at least. Not Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Um, it, it is wonderful, and uh, obviously we encourage everybody to seriously consider it. And a lot of differences between living in Israel and living in the United States, right? There are. There are definitely differences. Um, but I get to hold on to, to some of my my, uh, my most important pieces, which are um, I actually taught all the seniors at Kushner last year and the Kushner High School. And all the ones who are over there for, for their various Israel programs all get to come over for Shabbatonim and things, Shabbat meals, what have you. We actually have a Facebook group um, that announces different Shabbatot and kids kind of ask and request. And thank God it's really great to be able to hold on to the pieces that I can. But at the same time, embrace the the, the wonderful things that Israel offers. Oh, they must love that. Thank Having God. a place in Jerusalem where they can come and spend a wonderful Shabbat. Home away from home with home-cooked food. You can say that again. It's a wonderful feeling. Rabbi Shimshon Jacob is here. So at some point, you decided that there is a need, and I think every high school principal in our community, certainly in the Yeshiva League community, would agree that there is a need for a special type or a different type of um, a gap year program in Israel. Uh, explain this process when you first, when it dawned upon you that uh, there's a niche that needs to be filled. Sure. Um, it actually started um, back in my Kushner days. Um, Rabbi Elias Rubin, the principal, and I kind of got together and we were we were discussing um, kids who might need something um, a little bit beyond the, the normative model, um, who would benefit from something that's a little bit beyond the normative model, and really give them something to to interact with hands on. So the beginning of the process, at least for me, was we took a group of guys who who wanted to connect to tefillah but weren't exactly sure how and and were struggling in their efforts. Right. And we decided to to create a program for them in order to give them an opportunity that, that they could really embrace. Um, and so we created a special minyan. And one of the ways we started doing things was creating kind of physical activities that they could get involved in tefillah. So as an example, um, we started to build shtenders with them. Measure the wood, cut the wood, the whole deal, and and really build them. This as was in doing, Kushner. In Kushner, as seniors, as seniors, and we we did it with um with a group and and does building a shtender enhance one's tefillah? So we discussed the ideas of of makam kavua and and why that's important with regard to tefillah. So when they brought those back into the Beit Midrash to Davin, a they were excited because they had personally invested in something, and b the other thing that was really cool was. All of a sudden, the Rebeims kind of turned around and said, hey, where'd you get that? Can I get one? And it, it was something that these kids did that, that they all of a sudden realized that other people recognized the value. So so that was really where it started. And, and we started, Rev. Efraim, my O's and I, uh, my partner, um, 
Where is so he from? Th- he's from, he right now lives in Mavocharon. He was actually born in Queens. Um, he's on this project with you? He's on the project with me. We're co-directors, thank God. And uh, the two of us got together and, and we took a look around the Israeli uh, program landscape, the gap year program landscape, and we felt like the, the landscape could benefit from having a, a model that's a little bit outside the classic model, um, and that's something a little bit more hands-on, a little bit more experiential, something that really allows kids to connect in a way that, that they they can get involved and jump in. And you're serious about the hands-on. You're not just talking about sports. You're talking about building things and working on projects and you know getting their hands dirty when necessary, etc. 100%. From, from learning about CT right. to, uh, to not only tying them, but... But you know, the, a common uh, tool now is to go uh, to go snorkeling off the coast of Zichron Yaakov and gather the the Chila zone snails. Right. Um, but to take it a step further, to really teach them, learn with them, take them back to Petilat Chelan and show them how to how to dye their own tzitzit, that they go from you know concept to construct the whole way through, where they're really involved in the learning on a on a, on a ma'asa level. Right. All that will enhance one's Torah study. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Giving giving them the ability to be Kona. I mean. One of the biggest challenges that I faced as a, as a Jewish educator is is that everything is kind of driven by quantitative numbers, right? Uh, finance, business, even even school projections, things of that nature. Right. Um, everything is kind of driven by quantitative measure. The one challenge we have to doing that is is kind of Jewish education, where it's so hard for a student to see their progress. You know, you sit down with a masechta, and, and throughout the course of a year, you learn you know fifteen, twenty, thirty daf throughout the entire masechta. But it's usually sugya-based, and it's very hard for a student to kind of get up at the end of the year and, and really wrap his arms around what he accomplished. So so the goal is to give kids the ability to really see their progress as they're developing, to give them the ability to, to get ownership, and then to to f- see themselves um, growing as it's happening and, and, and be able to measure it and, and kind of take a look back and say, wow, I really did that, I really accomplished. Rabbi Shimshon Jacob is here. What do you need to get started? Do you have a campus? Do you have a building? Baruch Hashem, right now the plan is uh, is for the Kemach Institute, which is what we're, we're calling it, the Kemach Institute, to be housed, please God, in the um, Ohel Nechama building with uh, with through the, the auspices of the uh, Shir Chadash Bey Knesset, Rabbi Ian Per and Rabbi Sam Shor. Jerusalem, I assume. In, in Yerushalayim, in, uh, in uh, Katmon, Yerushalayim. Um, it's on uh, Chopin, I think, number three, Chopin. And it's a, it's really a beautiful building. How and many students do you need to get this going in September? Ideally, we're looking for about 18, but we've been running around the country kind of speaking to different high schools, and there's been a lot of excitement both on schools, both by students. Um, we're starting our uh, application process right now, so I'm um, looking for students to apply and, and, and uh, looking to offer them a, a great opportunity, but ideally we're looking to start with about 18 students. Every gap year program probably started with between 10 and 18 students or less, so obviously there's... Uh you know that that's what you need in year one. People may think it's a low number. That's basically what you need to get started. What has the reaction been in this area, in New York and New Jersey? Have you gotten the feeling that the Yeshiva high schools understand what you're trying to do and want to cooperate with what you're trying to do? Absolutely, the Yeshiva high schools are are, are very excited about the program. It, it's it's a program that's meant for for someone who's looking for something for a little bit different. It's not we're not looking to you know take guys away from the normative Yeshiva programs. If you can sit and learn and, and you want to sit and learn for a year. And if that'll help you grow, right? Yeah, if that'll help you grow, enjoy it. Uh, Our program offers something a little bit more hands-on, as we said, but uh, another step, another aspect that's a little unique is that we also have a certain amount of professional uh, training that we we do. It's not a a vocational school, but to give guys, again, that opportunity to kind of see their progress, we've created a couple professional tracks that allow them to to develop in other ways as well. So we have um, a phenomenal uh, contractor, uh, the the founder of... uh, 
Victory Renovations, Mr. Kiva Sharf out of uh, Efrat, who's a phenomenal guy who's going to be teaching guys how to do construction. The first two and a half months, they're in school doing like a shop class, how to you know hang drywall, how to lay pipe, how to run wire, and then they go out and actually do renovation projects with him, please God. And the other track is uh, is web design. Where, where students are going to learn the, how to create websites, the different types of websites, but again, in, in ways that they're able to see their progress and really apply it. Your alumni may build your next campus. Please, God, <laughs> looking forward. Why is Kemach such an appropriate name for this program? Um, I think ultimately at the end of the day, in Kemach in Torah, and, and to me that Mishnah represents the, the, the very real reality that you need it to be applicable. You need it to be physically applicable. It's not just about um, a, a theoretical or an intellectual or academic study, but there's got to be some real-world tachlis to it. So so from that standpoint, the entire focus of this program is really creating that dynamic, allowing kids to see their ability and, and what they can accomplish and how much they can accomplish um, through their own efforts. Um, obviously with, uh, with, with uh, you know, the help of a Baruch Hu and all, um, but, but it's really about giving kids the opportunity to really measure how they can change the world. Rabbi Shimshon Jacob is here. We're talking about the Kemach Institute, we're calling it. A gap year program that is just being announced and has been uh, well received by the Yeshiva High Schools. Those of you out there who want information, what should people do? Definitely email us um, at kemachinstitute at gmail.com. Sorry, kemachinstitute at gmail.com. Um, you can definitely visit the website, kemachinstitute.org. Um, it's got a lot of uh, the courses up there. It's got the program up there. It's got the daily schedule. Um, a lot of information about the school and, and, and the projected uh, um, program that we're, we're offering is, is up on the website right now. Is there a large pool of students that this applies to? Are there a lot of people that can, you know, that for them this is a necessary or a really effective program? I think there are, but the truth is, is to me, that doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, whether it's 1, 10, 15, 25 students, whoever's out there, you know, 1%, um, it's worth creating a, a an educational program that they can benefit from that, that speaks to them and allows them to kind of grow in their ways. That being said, I think I think there are a tremendous number of students who would benefit from from a more hands-on experiential program like this. All right, so parents out there who are listening, and obviously students who are listening, if they email you, they can be in direct contact Absolutely. and get all the information they need. We should note, by the way, that uh, Ashley and Rabbi Shimshon Jacob are among the honorees this coming Sunday at the Sinai dinner. Why not a positive word about Sinai and all the work they've been doing? Absolutely. Uh, I, I can't say enough. I, uh, I was approached to be an honoree as a graduate of the program, and, and there is nothing... That I will ever be able to do that really uh, that really fulfills in any way should perform the Hakarat Tov I have for Sinai. Um, from from uh, from my earliest ages, I just remember you know being being overwhelmed in school and being kind of a a little bit uh, unsure and uncertain what what was going to be the solution. And and from day one when uh, uh, the dean Mrs. Lorette Walthrax walked into the Rothwax, sorry, walked into the room and 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 just gave me the smile that she she she's so classically known for. Um, that was the beginning of, of of a very different life than than it otherwise would have been. Um, one of the things that I, I've I've always told uh, my teachers that I I see every now and again and, and try to express my my hakaratato for is is just a very simple you know the ability to read a book um, is something that I was I was struggling with at at a, at a young age and now. One of my favorite moments is really the opportunity to sit and read stories to my kids, <laughs> and and that's 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 an experience I don't know that I I would have figured out how to do as easily um, or 
perhaps ever without really the Sinai program. So uh, the amount of Akarat Tov, I, I can't begin to, to talk about. They're a phenomenal organization that, that, again, along the same lines of why I'm even, you know, why I even got to the concept of, of the Kemach Institute, creating opportunities for every student to really have that ability, that opportunity to embrace their Yahadut and, and, and understand it on a real level. And that's exactly what they do. Students who'd be lost in their gap year program now have an opportunity to excel and to flourish in their gap year program. That's the hope. That's a, it's a great hope and it's a wonderful goal. Uh, Mazel Tov to Ashley and Rabbi Shimshon Jacob. You can get information by going to sinaischools.org slash dinner for this coming Sunday night. Information about the Kemach Institute. If you're a parent or a 12th grader who uh, wants to explore what, um, uh, what uh, Rabbi Shimshon Jacob and the Kemach Institute are opening in Jerusalem this coming September, you uh, email kemachinstitute at gmail.com. Again, that's kemachinstitute at gmail.com. We take this opportunity to wish you a lot of luck. I uh, look forward to visiting the Kemach Institute. We're looking forward to having you. Thank you with all its wonderful students this coming year. And uh, I really, I hope that this gets off the ground in a wonderful fashion. Thank you very much, Nachum. If, if I could, sure. my, my, my father, Simon Jacob, um, Avi Mori, um, said that if I'm coming on the air and I don't share a quick two minutes of our Torah, <laughs> that, that uh, he, he would he would he would feel that it was it was a waste of an opportunity. So if it was your please, so uh, I always take advice from Simon. Go right ahead. So uh, just very quickly, one thought that 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 occurred um, throughout the last couple of weeks, um, we were sitting around the Shabbat table and we were discussing, you know, why you cover the 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 chalot with a challah cover, and right. you know. As a kid, you grow up in second or third grade, somewhere around there, someone told you it's because, you know, you have to have respect for the chalot who right. usually come before hand in the bracha. And, uh, and, you know, you ask high school kids what the reason is, and they give you that same answer. Right. And you kind of look back at them and say, okay, you as a thinking 17-year-old, you just told me, you know, this loaf has feelings. You want to rethink that question a little bit? You want to rethink that answer? And, and inevitably, we kind of get caught where, where we, we got certain answers to some basic questions, um, and, and we never reassessed them. So I was thinking about it, and one of the thoughts that popped in my mind was this, which makes the question a little bit even, even I guess, more intense, is that the first establishment of order in the entire world is the seven days of creation. Right. Right? And it's at that moment, Shabbat, that you're recognizing that. You're, you're establishing order for the world. So why would Chazal be metaking that at that point, you have to say Kiddush on a kos, meaning you have to throw off the order? At the moment of order, why would you throw off order? What, what sense does that make? Good question. So, so uh, we were we were ta- discussing and thinking, and and one of the answers that came up was the possibility that maybe the lesson is, is that we assume things are functioning in in a certain order, according to our understanding of order, and every now and then order gets thrown off, and the real question is at that point when order gets thrown off. Do you have the sensitivity to realize what the effects of that are going to be? Are you going to power through and regardless of what's going to happen, okay, I need to say Kiddush now, then I have to go to Hamotzi. You know what? If you, if you needed to say Kiddush, you could have left the, the Hamotzi, you could have left the Chalot in the kitchen. Right. When you go wash your hands, go grab the Chalot, bring right. it to the table. They don't know what right. happened before that. So why were Chazal Mataki? Not only do you have to have the Chalot, but you have to cover them because it's a sensitivity that, that as you're there and the order gets thrown off and things aren't going the way you think they should. What are you going to do? How, how are you going to allow that moment to define you? Very so, nice. It was a thought. I love it. Uh, Rabbi Shimshon Jacob, kemachinstitute at gmail.com. Tadarabah, thank you very much. Thank you, Nathan. More coming up. This is JM in the AM.